Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're recording. Are you kidding me? Chelsea just tricked me. <gasps> guys, we're back. <laughs> hey, guys, welcome back to What We Said podcast. This is Chelsea. And I'm JC. And let me text my brother back really fast because he's watching my dog. Okay. So today we're, we have a special guest. Her name is JC Smith. Woohoo! I'm going to insert applause right there. Um, we today decided, we're going to talk to JC. Yeah. We decided to share my like kind of story um, evolving from a photographer to a social media influencer and then just kind of how well just yeah how that all came to be and what life is like now what it was like then and just balancing everything and yeah this is our version of how i built this yeah that podcast is so good guys yeah, you need to go a- listen to oh, it oh we should say this before we go okay so a bunch of people message us and ask us what our favorite podcasts are because we've mentioned that we like podcasts yeah. and listen to them so let's just say like a couple. Okay. Is it working? Yeah, it's working. Um, let's just say a couple podcasts that we love. Okay. So for true crime, we love my favorite murder. It does have language. Yeah. So be aware of that. Um, but it's kind of more of like a lighthearted true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Sword and Scale is like, it's another true crime podcast and it's more intense. Chelsea, why are you cracking your I'm knuckles? Sorry, I noticed it was like so loud. I, I bet they can hear it. that. <laughs> um, that one's more intense, like very intense, and you will be scared. So yeah, don't do listen not watch to it. it or watch it. Do not listen right before you go to bed. Yeah, or like when you're alone in the car. Very terrifying. Um, yeah, but that's another good one. What are your? Well, as for like, do you have more true there's crime a ones? Lot. Yeah, there's like um, Up and Vanished. I think is good. Um, I think that's what it's called. Shoot, and then S Town. Oh, yeah. That's a good series. Of course, Serial. That was like the first podcast I ever listened to. Yes, that one hooked me real good. Season one is like unbeatable. That is the ultimate podcast, I feel like. Um, Bless you. (laughs) Guys, I have a cold. Sorry. And um, so that's it for true crime. What are some other like self-help ones that you like? Well, I love um, Oprah's Super Soul Conversations for like inspiration um i also love how i built this like we just mentioned it's basically they tell the stories of people who have built businesses like uber airbnb like they talk to the founders and just talk about how it kind of got started it's like it that one's really inspiring to me because it shows that there's always so much struggle before something actually works you know Mm -hmm. 
like with all those different businesses, they failed so many times before like they it took, took off. off, which is cool to just hear the whole story. So I love that one. Do you have any? I actually think Oprah has a new podcast as well. Um, she does? Yeah, that just came out recently. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it's good because Oprah's queen. Yeah. Um, the Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard's good. Oh, yeah, that one's good. Um, yeah, so those are some good ones. I'm sure we're just saying that so you guys can stop messaging us <laughs> and asking us. I'm kidding. So you have to type it out every single time. Yeah, the whole list. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we're train wrecks. Um, okay, so today, but let's get back to it. We're. Gonna- I feel like the... <laughs> I feel like this whole podcast is me being like, Chelsea, stop cracking your knuckles. Chelsea, don't make that joke. Like, I feel like a mom. Uh, oh, man. I'm like okay. this mischievous child. Let's get to the nitty gritty. Okay. The good, the bad, and the gossip. <laughs> oh, that phrase. I don't know why it makes me laugh. Uh, you just stared at me. You're- <laughs> You weren't even laughing. Okay, anyways. <laughs> okay, we're talking about JC's struggles. <laughs> awesome. No, uh, we wanted to talk about she's a workaholic and it affects our relationship. <laughs> All right, I think we need to start over. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, uh, sorry, we're, we're no. getting serious now. On the real, okay, well, before we get into my downfall in life, let's talk about downfall like, <laughs> in life. just kind of the journey. Yeah. So I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I've talked about this a lot, but also I'm like, when I think back, I'm like, when have I ever actually shared the whole thing? I got interviewed for another podcast, um, or a different podcast like a year ago or maybe like eight months ago. And I kind of shared like my story, but not that it's this like crazy inspiring thing, but no, I, I shared, think it is. I shared that, but then yeah, I've never shared it on here, really. And I feel like people that have followed me for a long time have seen the progression. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> I was going to say, okay, let's keep it that way. <laughs> Wait, I don't even remember what I just said. And you're like, I've never shared it on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Okay, anyways. Oh, you know I'm going to have to edit this one. Great. Um, okay, where do you want me to start, Chelsea? You're the interviewer. Okay, yeah, Or sorry. wait, you're the interviewer, I mean. Okay, so I'm sure everybody, so I know your story of like, I mean, I was with you right. for a lot of it. Um, but even I, like, you've never like sat down and like told me the whole thing. Like I just know. So, yeah. um, how old were you when you started photography? So I was like 14. I think I was maybe 13 when I kind of got interested in it. I mean, not like I was really doing photo shoots. I would just bring like my parents' camera around everywhere and like take pictures of flowers. And like on our family vacations, I was just obsessed. I remember taking a picture of a squirrel in Canada. I mean, like, and my grandparents were like, you need to submit that to a magazine. Like, (laughs) obviously it was not even that good, but I just loved photography. Like I just loved pictures. I didn't really think that that would like be my job by any means when I was younger. I just thought it was so fun. And then I bought my first camera when I was 14 and I bought it with my own money. Like I babysat literally every day so that I could save up to buy a camera. And I think it was like a good amount. I think maybe three or 400 bucks. So at that time, like I had saved up for a long time to buy it. My mom says she still remembers me with my little like jar of cash or whatever, like going over to buy this used camera. So excited. Like I really was so excited. And so I bought, yeah, I bought that camera as a Canon Rebel XTI. I bought that when I was 14 and then 
I mean, you know better than I think anyone, like how obsessed I was with, with photography all oh, throughout yeah. high school. When I first met you, it was only Facebook. And mm-hmm. I remember like you had a album and it was your photography. Like, and it was like your cousins or something. And, yes. Like, at the time I was like, this, these are so good. These are really good portraits. Thank you. <laughs> we're going to post them on there. Oh, shoot. They were like edited. So like only the blue eyes were like. Oh, amazing. The color only blue oh, was showing. Do you remember that um, photo show I did with you and Abby? <gasps> oh, Chelsea and her little sister. Gosh. We're posting some of those. Yeah. We oh, have yeah, to. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The edits were heinous. They were probably edited on picnic picmonkey.com. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I really genuinely have like just been obsessed with photography forever. forever. And in high school, I feel like that was kind of my reputation, don't you? Oh, like yeah. I was always definitely the photographer, like in our, on our dance team, it was like, Oh, JC will take all the pictures, pictures and, or the portraits for like the brochure or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of always, and then I took friend photo shoots. That was a huge thing in high school. Like groups of friends would oh yeah pay me like $25 each or something. And mm-hmm. I would like take photos of their friends, senior photos. I was just really into it. So that's what I did I in high school. I think it's important to note too that this was before Instagram was even a thing. Yes, it was. Like it wasn't like you were like, oh, I can't wait to post these on Instagram. It no. was like you just genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. So Instagram wasn't really around or like wasn't a thing um, like a big thing, I guess, mm-hmm. until I think our junior year, but still it was not somewhere where you posted photography. Not, no, 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 no. It was just like random snaps with a filter on it. Yeah. It was not an what Instagram it is filter. Yeah. And I think my scene, our senior year, it kind of started being a little more, remember I would yes. post photography stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, I mean, I wasn't the first one to do it, but I think that at that time, that was something that was new, which is how I started gaining followers. No one mm-hmm. really posted like good photography and people would be confused. Like, how did you get that from your phone or your computer to your phone? Like it wasn't a thing to yeah. post like camera photos on Instagram. Oh no, not at all. So I can't even remember. I think I just email it to myself and like save it to my phone. Oh, and then post I remember it. very well. We would be sitting at your dad's like huge computer downstairs. Yeah. And we, um, I think you, did you email it or did you like no, you didn't text it. I think I you might have texted maybe it. Maybe texted from it, yeah, because like, he had like a Mac. Mac computer. So I think we would like text him, yeah, or email them like individually. Yes, and and me and Chelsea, we would do whole photo shoots. Like we did photo shoots all the time, constantly. all the time for constantly. fun, like all the time. Yes, and um, we would take like hundreds of photos, and then we would physically. So we'd get out a piece of paper. <laughs> And um, Chelsea would have the pen and the paper and I would be on the computer. And then when we liked one, I would tell her the number. And it was like always a freaking long number. I'd be like, okay, image number 564327. And she would write it down. And we would write down all the ones we liked. And then we'd go and put those in a folder and edit them. And then like sometimes post them on Instagram. The amount of like folders on your computer that was called... Chelsea and Jace. Yeah. Chelsea and Jace won. Chelsea and Jace Woods. Yeah. Chelsea and Jace Junkyard. Like so many. We did and then we would constantly. have like the music. We would go to YouTube because we didn't even have like Spotify or anything yeah. like that. We'd go to YouTube, type in a song. Literally and just listen to it on, repeat. on repeat. Like the same song. And eat snacks and yeah. do that all day. And then Cheez-Its. play guitar sometimes. Oh, yeah. And sing. That was our that was life. Our life. Yeah. Old, that's literally my whole high school yeah. su- summed up <laughs> yeah. is that. Um, so, yeah. I was just in love with it. I did that for um, just all throughout high school. And then um, when I graduated, Instagram and photography kind of started, like, picking up more. It was it started being more of a thing. I was gaining followers. I can't, I really wish that I could remember 
at what point like I gained a certain amount, you know, like I mm-hmm. wish I could remember when I hit, hit a thousand or when I hit 5,000, but I really can't remember that. I that remember when you hit a hundred likes for the first time. Oh my gosh. It was like senior year. I think it was like homecoming. Like you had posted like how your day asked you or like how your day answered you or something. And you yeah. posted it and got a hundred and like one likes and we were freaking out. Oh my we were gosh. Like, Everyone go like this picture. Like, so it gets to a hundred likes. It's so crazy. So you must have like had like maybe 700 followers at that point. Yeah. Maybe less, probably less, honestly. Yeah. And then, well, and I remember maybe a year, maybe like six months or a year after I graduated, I hit 10K. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a year after yeah. I hit. Um, it was when we were living in Utah, maybe, or maybe right before I hit yeah. 10,000 followers, which was like a big deal. Like oh, yeah. that's when it went to K, like 10K mm-hmm. instead of just like the numbers. And so that I remember being like, holy crap, 10,000. That's crazy. Because when you went to Paris for the first time, because mm-hmm. this was when you started traveling too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you had like 12K or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for people like, because a lot of people want to know how... I gained followers or just how to gain followers. Now it is so different. So it's so hard to even give Mm -hmm. advice. But before it was because I was a photographer and I would shoot models and like just people and they would tag me in their photos all the time. And keep in mind, I was literally shooting every day. So like just constant tagging. People Mm -hmm. were constantly tagging my account because I was just shooting all the time. And then also at that point, there were like those accounts that repost photography like oh yeah you know those instagram accounts and so i would get that a lot like people would repost like i remember someone with like 50k reposted one of my photos and i got a a few followers i don't remember how many maybe like a thousand followers Mm -hmm. from it so it just started growing from there and then i actually took a screenshot so um I, i found this screenshot in my camera roll and it was from um june of oh dang it i can't remember the year now it was, it was right before I met Leif. So I think it was June of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I had 41.6K. That's crazy. So I had 41,000 followers when I... So it was like three years ago. Yeah. When I met Leif, I had like 41,000 followers. Yeah. That's still a lot. Yeah. And then um, last summer, I had 133,000. Last summer, on, on June 10th. That you've gained since then. Mm-hmm. And then now, I don't even remember. I actually have to go to my Instagram because I don't even know. Um, now I have 366,000. So from last summer. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, so it's grown a lot mm-hmm, since last, or 230, I think. Well, and I think it's be- like, from what I can just tell is like, it's because you started out doing something that you were genuinely passionate about. Yeah. And you didn't even start out posting pictures of you. Like, I mean, no, you did like it was your life, but for a good majority it was of other people you're taking pictures of. Yeah. I didn't even transition when me and life got married. I was still shooting photos of mm-hmm. different people, of other people, weddings and portraits and stuff and posting that. And it's not until like really until a year and a half ago that I like completely transitioned to mm-hmm. posting like just our life. And yeah. I separated my account. So I created a photo account called JC Marie photo. And then I kept my JC Marie Smith, which was my like bigger account I just kept that for like life and travel because I, what I saw happening was that people were more involved and more, um, like they're engaging more with the content of like Leif and I and our life and mm-hmm. our travels. Like people just loved it. And 
like again travel blogging wasn't a thing yeah. really like a few years ago this is like a pretty new concept mm-hmm. i mean it's huge now it's like we've talked about this before i think on our social media episode like it's traveling is the thing the thing like yeah. everyone does it now but honestly like even when we first got married that wasn't really like people weren't doing that at time no, uh-uh. so i think that um that's initially how i started gaining more followers it's like we started traveling and just taking yeah you started pictures. going on trips like in 2014 i feel mm-hmm. like the very beginning of 2014 is when you started to like go on trips yeah and so i want to also note that initially how i started traveling when i was fresh out of high school was because my mom works for the airlines. She works for American Airlines and I had flight benefits. So I could go to these like different countries for really, really cheap. Yeah. So that's initially like how I could do it, which is like a huge blessing because I feel like I wouldn't have been traveling if my mom didn't have that because I would have had to pay for it. So uh, that's initially like how I started traveling a bunch. Um, And then, yeah, I just saw that it was like people were like engaging with it and it, I love it also like traveling Mm -hmm was is super like it's a big part of who I am I feel like is yeah so it just kind of went hand in hand and Leif and I realized like oh we can actually grow our business by traveling and like taking these photos and so that's kind of what we yeah started gravitating more towards because we were like we realized that we were actually making more money off of that than photography and videography so we're like mm-hmm. well we Why might as well we? just yeah like do that yeah. then for now which I'm not saying it's like oh that's easy let's do that because it's so much work but yeah we just saw that that was what's work what was working so that's kind of what we started doing is just traveling and taking like photos of us Mm -hmm. and our life and just documenting everything yeah so so when would you say you really like blew up it's weird because I didn't know that I had grown that much since last summer like I didn't realize that until I saw that screenshot I'm like there's no way I only had 130 I thought I had like 250 last summer or something but like knowing that I gained literally over 200,000 followers in like less than a year is really crazy crazy. and um so I feel like that's kind of the point that took me from like I don't I don't want to say blew up but from last summer to now I feel like it's Mm -hmm. been the largest like growth period yeah and I think that's because we started really putting our all into it Mm -hmm. and like just going on like more platforms yeah we started our youtube channel and which i think helped us grow um on instagram as well and then we just started like so last summer we went on like a three-month trip remember we were gone for literally like three months and during that time period i gained quite a few followers and i think it's just because we were traveling and like doing more exciting things and then I think once people kind of just get invested in like you as a person, I don't know, you just, yeah, they just, they stay. just stick around yeah. and you start to grow. So that's, I think, yeah, the time period that I grew the most in that, um, I don't know, Instagram changes its anal- or its uh, algorithms so much that it's hard to tell now what like works and what doesn't. Like sometimes yeah, I'm like, oh, true. this is working. This helps me grow. And then the next week I'm like, oh, never mind that apparently doesn't work now like so I think that Instagram as it changes it's a little bit harder to identify like what is working yeah it's kind of luck sometimes it is it's like luck it's being at the right like even with me growing on Instagram in the beginning a lot of it was like shooting the right model at the right time like Mm -hmm. sometimes I would just like shoot a model because I thought she was pretty and then whatever she'd blow up and tag me like Mm -hmm. she would gain followers and then tag me and I would gain and it was just this like whole 
oh, I was just at the right place at the yeah, right time. Yeah, well, and it, well, also it's networking. Yeah. Like that's a huge part, I feel like, of growing mm-hmm. is like you have to be networking. You have to like be with anything. That's why collaborations, that's why people on YouTube do collaborations. That's why everybody collaborates because yeah, it's just it's the just more your more name is eyes out there. And more like viewers, more fans, more whatever you want to call them. Like yeah. more people that are exposed to you. And it's just like crazy. Yeah. So... Um, I remember someone messaged me. I did like the question thing on Instagram and someone was like, when did you first, oh wait, what did they say? When did you first realize JC was famous? And I was like, actually, I don't know. I was like, because I'm trying to think of like a time when I was like, oh, you're like people, because people always like, even in high school, like knew he, but it was like friends. And so like. I feel like even when we first moved to Utah, like you never had people come up to you and be like, no. oh, are you JC Marie? But yeah. I honestly feel like it was like when I came back and like literally so many people would stop you and be like, are you JC Marie? And like, I was like, oh my gosh, like random people. Like, yeah. Whereas before it was like, you're in your hometown and like right. people would. But it's when we were like in some other town and someone like recognizes you. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Like people that, I don't know. I just said that. People that don't even aren't even from the same place. Like, yeah. We'll be like, oh, hey, can I get your picture? Like, it's so yeah. funny. No, it's crazy. I hate the term, not hate the term, but when people are like, same thing when I did a Q&A, people are like, is it hard being Insta-famous? And I'm like, okay, I'm not genuinely. Well, you kind of are Insta-famous. Well, genuinely, I don't. I'm not even just trying to be like modest. I'm, I think it's because I have friends who have millions of followers, mm-hmm. you know? Like yeah. I have friends who have 3 million followers. So it's like, I feel like, I don't know. I'm, I would never consider myself famous by any means, but it is a super weird feeling to like for people to come up to you in public. I don't know. I always say this. I'm like, I'm just not, I'm not even trying to be like modest. I'm just like not that cool. So I'm like, what? Like when people, mm-hmm. especially when I was like just a photographer, when they'd come up and like ask for a photo, I'm like, that's so funny. Cause all I am is like a photographer. It's not like I'm like a famous singer. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just an interesting thing. It's just a new world though now. Yeah. Like, that's what's so fake. Like, that's what's so popular. Yeah. And so anyway, I always thought it was kind of weird. I mean, I seriously love when people come up and say, I think it's, mm-hmm. I'm like so honored, but I just think it's funny. Like, I'm like, well, I'm just a, literally, I'm such a normal person yeah. and like I take photos, but that's not, it's not that cool, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I'm like grateful for it. No, I, I mean, awesome. I think it's very cool because that's what's so popular right now. And that's what people like get all of their information from yeah. social media. So yeah. like the people on, on social media are so famous because it's social media. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, that's the same. Like, I was just going to say, it's like, because I've known you as like just a regular human. Right. I mean, and you still are. I'm like, and now you're not. <laughs> no, and you still are. But like, it, it's just so funny to see, like, I've known you. And like, I've always thought you were cool. But then when other people are like, oh my gosh, like, it's just so funny to me. I mean, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I think it's like, awesome. I'm crying. Oh, why? (laughs) Well, just because I feel like you, (laughs) awesome. Um, Like, you just like go for it. And so like, I've always seen you work hard at things that you love. (laughs) And so it's just cool to see it pay off. Thanks, Chelsea. I'm crying too. Awesome. (laughs) We cry in every episode now. That's good. I don't know. Because it is cool to have a platform and like obviously you can make good money and it's like it's awesome and I get why people want that so many people I get dms every day it's like how do you do this like I want to be an influencer you know and I totally understand because well first of all I think that there's a misconception that it's 
easy. Like I think people think, uh, I want to just get free clothes and like post a photo. Mm -hmm. It's like so much more than that. And maybe that's because I am like a perfectionist and I've always wanted my Instagram to be like a little more artistic. So I put in like a lot of effort Yeah, and maybe it's easier for some people, but really like every Instagrammer I know is so busy. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. It's not just snapping a photo. Oh, there you go. It's like, no, there's so much work that goes into it. Um, just prepping the photos, like getting the props. Now brands like want concepts. So if they're like, oh, we want to work with you, then they're like, okay, what's your concept? What's the shoot going to be? You have to plan everything out. Like it's not just, oh, you see a cute thing on the side of the road. Let's go take a sh- shot mm-hmm. there. It's like so much work. Um, so I think that's the first thing that maybe people don't understand. But um, they think it's just some easy job. Yeah. And it is a lot of work. And then the other thing is, I think that some people just want, I don't know. When I think about it, it's like, who wouldn't want a following? Because I don't know. It's like valid. It's literally constant validation. Mm -hmm. Like people, you know, people are so nice. Like, I love this photo of you. You look so cute, whatever. And so I think for other girls seeing that, it's like, well, I want that. Like, I get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, totally. It's literally just a sea of people that support you. Mm-hmm. So who doesn't want? Who doesn't want like a bunch of literal fans that like yeah are that just like love you, you and are like totally supportive and stuff. And so I get that. Um, but wait, where was I even going with this? Oh, but I just don't want people to go into it. I think if you're going to have a platform, like it's kind of that quote: "With great power comes great responsibility." Like. I do think that if you have a platform that you need to be, I don't know. I mean, your platform is your platform, so it's whatever you want it to be. But to me, I feel so much responsibility because it's like I have all these eyes and these people watching. So you want to make sure that you're always putting your best foot forward and also that you're like being a good example, like you're being positive and like kind and stuff. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And I think that a lot of people just want to be Insta famous. Like they're like, I want followers. And it's like, well, you need to be prepared to like give back and like really like you have this for them. Yeah. You have this like responsibility now. And that being said, it is your Instagram and you should never feel like you have to like live your life for your followers or something. Mm -hmm. But it does give you this sense of like responsibility where I can't just post but you are who like you have your job because of them, like because of right. your followers. So it's like in, in some way you don't owe anything to them. But in some way, it's like you do owe them a little bit of like respect and like a little bit of not like you. Owe, OK, I don't that, I didn't phrase it right, but they're there for something. So if you're not giving it's like, I don't know, I always try and share like, oh, here's where I got this or like this is the recipe that I just did. This is this because it's like you said you guys, the followers are the reason that I am able to do this full time. So like, I feel the responsibility to like give Give back, back, you know, but what I'm saying is just, if you want to be an influencer, I think it's important that you go into it with the right reasons. If anything, having a platform is cool because you do get to be that example. You do get to be that person that people look up to. Um, you shouldn't just do it because you're like, Oh, I want compliments. Like Mm -hmm. I want free clothes. It's like, that's not what it's about. Also. I think it's important that if you want to be an influencer, like the only way, I mean, maybe I have no idea because I'm not an influencer, but I just feel like you have to stay with your niche. Like yeah. if you want to be an influencer and you you like to play the piano and that's like your passion, that's what you want to do in life, it's like then incorporate that into it. But like people aren't going to be sending you things for like working out if you don't 
do it. Does that make sense? Right. Like you have to have a passion for something and build it off of that instead of being like, I want to be an influencer. Like, what should I do? It's no, like, exactly. It's either fashion or maybe like you do makeup. So like you're going to get a bunch of makeup products or you're, you're more like lifestyle. So just like general like products and um, different things. But I think it's just important that you have a passion to start with. Yeah. Well, and I think my niche is more photography. Like even though mm-hmm. I'm in the photos, it's more of these like artistic kind of things. Like, um, but I, I remember reading, um, Tessa, my friend Tessa's blog post and she said something about like her advice was to, if you want to like start a blog or whatever, um, Tessa, don't hurt me if I butcher this. I don't know if (laughs) this is like exactly word for word, but she said something to the effect of, if you want to start a blog, think about what your friends call you about for advice on. Like, what are you good at? You know, like, cause some people it's that they're just funny and witty. That's Mm -hmm. why they have followers. You know, some people it's like they have awesome fashion sense. Some people are whatever. Like some people are just a really good friend and a really good listener. And that can even like, that can even be like your strength as an influencer is that you're relatable and that you have empathy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So everyone has their niche, like you said, and you really have to like hone into that and like, just be who you are, be yourself. Yeah. And the more you build on that, the more people are attracted to that. Yeah. Cause it's just like genuine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you're right. That is why I found success in it is because that was a passion before Instagram existed, Mm -hmm. which it was real. You know, that's really what I love to do is take photos. And now since it has become more of a job, like not that I don't love it anymore, but it is like a different, I have a different relationship with photography because it used to just be for fun. Mm -hmm. And now it's like for work and I still love it so much, but it's just a different thing now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what I kind of wanted to touch on too is just the fact that I seriously am like a workaholic. I'm not even just saying that. I mean, I don't know if you can be diagnosed as one, but like if you could, I would definitely be one. Um, and it's hard. I was reading this book called, um, girl, wash your face. And she was saying how she kind of couldn't, couldn't ever, um, be satisfied with where she was. Cause she's always looking forward to the next thing. Like, well, what's next? What's next? Mm-hmm. And I related to that so much because with everything that I've ever done just with work wise, like launching a photography workshop or launching this, like it's always so exciting, but I almost like don't even let myself, I don't know, enjoy. soak that in and enjoy it and like release it and be like, woohoo, like this is awesome. Because before I even release that, I'm like, well, what's next? Like, what's the next product we're doing? What's the next? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's good to think ahead and like have a plan, but I feel like that's ruined a lot of experiences moments. for me. Yeah. Like moments where I could have been just like, just basked in that for a few days and like chilled out and just really enjoyed that experience and instead I'm like well what's next what's next because as an entrepreneur and like as a business owner nothing is steady you know so it is up to you to hustle and make things happen and it's like if tomorrow I just decided eh like I don't want to I don't know if I just kind of gave up or stopped working hard we wouldn't have an income anymore you Mm -hmm. know what I mean if I was just like eh I don't want to like do ads anymore like uh, do sponsorships and this podcast is really like well we don't even make money off this podcast (laughs) but you know if I just gave up on things it's like then I wouldn't make money Mm -hmm. which I know money is not everything but it is our livelihood it's like it's how we live you know so 
it's hard because I'm always looking forward to the next thing. Cause it's like, we have to have these plans in place. Otherwise what? Then we don't make any money that month. Yeah. If we're just not working, working. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so we, it's kind of like, you can never just stop working. I know it's like that for everyone. Like everyone that has jobs, if they stop working, they obviously stop making money, but it's harder when you have to literally come up with the ideas and the plans behind making Everything. that money. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Or am I like rambling? No, that makes complete sense. Like you, you want to have, you want to have like a break, but it's like, you actually can't ever really have a break because then otherwise you just don't make money and you can't continue like living the way that you're living. Right. Cause if so. I like launched the workshop and then for like a month, I'm like, let's just take the month off. Mm-hmm. It's like, well then that's going to die down. And then if we don't have anything else like ready, then well then what? Yeah. That makes so sense. I mean doing ads on Instagram. So I don't know if I need to explain what influencing is. I feel like everyone's probably familiar with what Maybe I'm just talking like about briefly now that we're like what 30 minutes into this conversation so basically what my job entails is a brand or company will reach out to me and pay me to promote for their product on my instagram because i have a following so that's basically what it is i don't know how that's that's a pretty good explanation yeah so yeah that's that's what influencing is Mm -hmm. if you were like confused this entire podcast or you probably Next out if you were that confused yeah. but um so anyway that's like semi steady because it's like I already have the followers they're not going anywhere so yeah. like that I mean I can make money off that but I'm talking like the stuff that we do like presets and mm-hmm. stuff that we do to make money um if I just stop doing that then I mean it's res- what's nice is it is residual income it's like it's always kind of coming in but you know what I'm saying it's yeah, like if you don't you. have even right now, I don't really know necessarily what's next. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just doing Instagram ads and like that obviously like I make good money with that, but it's yeah. it's like I just don't know what's next. And so that's kind of a scary thing when you... But it's like you get paid one time for that. And so it's like, well, right. one time or, you know, two or three or whatever. Right. But it's not like it comes, it's like a salary or no. something. So like if you stop doing campaigns, you just stop right. getting paid. So I know what you mean. It's like you have to have other things that you're like, okay, but what are we going to do in the meantime? Right. That's the hard part about anybody that works off commission yeah, or works off of like, it's that possibility of you can make a ton of money or you can make absolutely no money. Mm-hmm. Like it just kind of depends on work ethic, a little bit of luck. Yeah. Um, actually more luck than not, but, yeah. but I do think that seriously being a workaholic, like to the point where my brain cannot shut off sometimes. And I was talking to Chelsea about this this morning. Like sometimes I have, I don't know what side of the brain is like the more creative side left. I think the left. Like I'm very, um, have a lot of ideas and then I'm like overwhelmed by the ideas and almost like, what did you say? by opportunity. Yeah. Like I am just like, wait, I have too many ideas. I'm not saying like it literally cripples me from even doing anything. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I want to do next because I have all these different things that could like maybe work, but I'm just, I don't know. Sometimes it's hard for me to you like, you don't know which one to go with. Yeah. And I don't even want that to sound like passive aggressive. Like I'm like, Oh, I have too many awesome no, ideas. I think, it's I think real. a lot of people who are like that, like who are constantly thinking and like entrepreneurial, like they come to the same problem where it's like, I have so many things I want to do. I don't do any of them. Yeah. It's a problem. No, exactly. So sometimes, so when I do like actually decide to go for like a certain thing, like, okay, I'm going to write this ebook. Mm -hmm. Like then when I release it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually did Mm -hmm. it because I have all these things in my brain that are ideas. Even with the podcast, it's like, sometimes I just have to do it right away. 
me and Chelsea kind of started this on a whim. Yeah. But it was just like, we both wanted to do it. And sometimes we just have to do, do it. it. Well, and you have to just like, okay, you can't even really think about the end product. Like even when we were making this podcast, like we started out like, okay, so what are, what's our why? Like, what's the reason? What do we want to talk about? What do we want to do? And it's like, you just have to do it one step at a time. And then eventually we were like, oh, we just recorded our first episode and released. Like, oh my gosh, we actually did it. Yeah. And instead of like focus so much like on the end product. Right. And even with the niche thing that we were talking about earlier, like, well, you need to have a niche. Sometimes that could come later. Like even with this podcast, I feel like as we record more episodes, we learn more each time and mm-hmm. we kind of learn like what maybe our niche is as yeah, a like podcast. Our, our audience, like who our audience is. Yeah. And so I think same thing. Um really with anything but with influencing as well it's like you could start out I mean I know people who have started out as like a fashion blogger and now they're like a fitness Mm -hmm. blogger really like that's more what they focus on because things change like Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you have to stick to this one thing and if you do anything else then yeah and people might unfollow you because they're like oh I only followed you for the fashion but then more people will follow you because they like fitness you know what I mean like there's so many people out there even like with my husband, like he fly fishes all the time. I didn't know a thing about that until we got married. And then I realized there was this entire world of fly fishers who that's their passion in life is like fly fishing. Right. And so there's like so many things like people love bowling. That's their thing. And so it's like, there's just, you have to realize there's so many people in this world. So just do what you love. And there are going to be people like that. Right. And they're going to like If you want to start a blog about it, I'm sure there'll be tons of people that will read it. Like you just have to find them. Well, and also I don't remember where I heard this, but it was something to the effect of like, sometimes what you're passionate about isn't popular at the time, but the time always comes. Mm -hmm. So even with like veganism, yeah, I feel like there are people who have been vegan forever, but like really until the past few years, it didn't get super popular. But now those people, you know, are like, exactly. I don't Anything, know. Even fitness. Like, I feel like yeah. fitness for a long time was, I mean, fitness has always been popular like in the 80s and whatever, right. but even now, like the whole like working out and like all the proteins and all, you know, all the brands that do that stuff, that is kind of recent, I feel like. Like within the last like couple years, it's like been huge. Yeah. Well, and same with photography. Like we said, I seriously didn't know anyone my age that did photography at the time. And now, no. can you even imagine how many high schoolers do photography? So, oh, so many. So many, yeah. Um, so I feel like it's just there's like seasons and times mm-hmm. and like different, I don't know. So just do what you do and like eventually your time coming. If it's not, then you are always doing what you love anyways. So it doesn't really matter. Right. So. Yeah. Anyways, so tell us how you're a workaholic. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, what's the hardest thing about balancing your life and working because they are so integrated into one it's really a struggle because even when we when we went on our last trip we went to Europe and um before we left me and Leif kind of so before every trip we like to talk about expectations just because even with anyone like if I ever go on a trip with a group um I think my mom was the one who uh taught me this but we always talk about the expectations of the trip because the last thing you want to do is like go on a trip with people and you're thinking, Oh, we're just going to lounge by the pool all day. And they're thinking we're going to hike all day. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to have these mixed up expectations. And so we talked about that. That's genius. I never thought about that. Yeah. And Leif said, um, basically that he wanted to work less. Um, but it's hard because 
like I said, I, I mean, our lives are so integrated with our jobs. So what I think in that situation is I'm like, well, it kind of is work because we're going to be gone for two weeks. This isn't a vacation Mm because we can't take two weeks off of work. So he was just saying, I want to work less. And then I'm like, well, we can't just not work. He's like, okay, but can we work less? And so we kind of agreed like, okay, we're still going to work. And what I mean by work is like taking photos Mm -hmm. because that can take literally your whole day up. Like, oh yeah. Finding a place. Yeah. Especially when you're in Europe and everything's just so beautiful. Like we're in Italy, so everything's a picture. So I'm like, oh, let's get a picture here. Let's get a picture here. And it's hard to almost like turn that off. Like there were certain times where I just, it seriously is like, I would just look at this street of like perfect white cobblestone floors with flowers or whatever. And I would just have to like close my eyes and keep walking. Cause I'm like, we can't just literally work all day. Mm -hmm. So, um, my brain is more wired, I think to like, I don't know. I'm just so used to it at this point. It's like just second nature to like take a photo basically everywhere that I go, you Mm -hmm. know? I mean, not everywhere I go. There's plenty of times where I'm not shooting, but like when we're on trips, it's like at any location that I see that I think is awesome. We're just going to shoot, you know? But sometimes that can take up way too much time and also energy because Leif's like, okay, well, I thought we were like kind of going to vacation and now Mm -hmm. we're just shooting all day. So it's really hard to balance them both. Um, and like I said, kind of feeling that pressure, or that responsibility, like I pretty much share not my whole life online. Definitely not. Like there are so many things I keep personal and mm-hmm. private and sacred and like that I don't share online. But I mean, basically like I Insta story every day, like people know kind of the gist of like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And even when we went to Greece, like I kind of didn't, I wasn't really in the mood to shoot a ton, even though it's so beautiful. I just wanted to like experience it Mm -hmm. and it's more crowded. So we'd have to like get up early to shoot. And I was just like, me and life kind of both were like, not really feeling it. We were just like, yeah, we kind of want a vacation. But I'm like, I felt this pressure because I told everyone we're going to Santorini Mm -hmm. or we're going to Greece. And it's like, I got so many messages. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to see your photos. Like your pictures are my favorite. And I'm like, yeah, you feel like obligated. Well, now I feel pressure. And if I don't, if I post one kind of whatever picture from Greece, people are going to be disappointed, which do, shouldn't yeah, matter that, that much. Sense. But I just feel this like obligation to fill this like expectation, expectation people have for you. Yeah. That other people have like, oh, she has the best photos. It's like, mm-hmm. OK, then I have to live up to that. And if I post a ratchet iPhone picture, they're yeah. going to be like, um, what? Yeah, that makes sense. That's hard. But well, it's funny because um you think it's a bad, like, I mean, any workaholic, they, they complain about, they're like, oh, I'm like a workaholic. Like I need to have more balance or whatever. But for people who aren't like, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a workaholic. And so like, I have the opposite problem where I'm like, okay, I wish I wasn't a workaholic. Like, I don't feel like the pressure of like, I always need to be working. Like I always need, and Nick does like Nick is definitely, I would say a workaholic. Yeah. And so I'm always like, I don't see that as a problem. Like I wish I was more like that. But I understand like, it's just funny when people are like, oh, it's just this huge whatever. And you're like, what? You're successful. You're doing all these amazing things. Yeah. No, it is a problem because it's like, well, and what I've realized recently is like, well, what's more important to me, my job or like my actual life? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, when it comes down to it, like I said, with the obligation thing and the pressure and um, wanting to like give back to people at the same time, there's this level of like, you have to do your own thing and like Mm -hmm. not care because like if you're just constantly 
worried about what everyone's going to say, what everyone's going to think. It's like, you're not going to live a happy, fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. Like if I constantly, every decision, every picture was like, what are my followers going to think? Oh no. Yeah. Then it's like, I would not be happy, you know? So I've kind of had to let that go a little bit. Just the feeling that pressure. And I don't know. You just, like you said, I just try and focus on like doing what I love and just being like genuine to who I am. And mm-hmm. it's like, if people want to follow that, then awesome. And yeah, you know, I think it's easier to be a workaholic too with, with, <laughs> if you are doing what you love, because then you're, cause I, I will say like, there are times when I'm, when I'm really into what I'm doing for work or something where I do find like, I'm like doing it way more and I'm like always thinking about it. But yeah, well, so I guess that makes sense too. If it's like, you're always thinking about where to, you can't really blame yourself because you love it. So like, it's just always, it's like a part of you. No, it's true. And if I was working like an office job that I hated, you wouldn't even think would about it when be, you go home. Yeah. I'd get home and be like, Ooh, God works over. I never want to think about that again, mm-hmm. but it is like, yeah, I do love it. And it's fun to create content and like be creative. And I feel so lucky to do that as a mm-hmm. job. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's just easy to get caught up in it and just be, non-stop like there are times I mean I try and set work hours which works sometimes but there are times when it's been so bad that like I will be watching a show with Leif and like I literally am thinking about nothing I don't like even know in your notes yeah like I'm not even thinking about the show at all all I'm thinking about is work oh shoot I needed to do that okay I need to write that down in my notes what do I need to get done tomorrow I need to write that down like because the the thing is, you can always be doing more. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like with anything, with any business, it's like I can be working myself to the bone. I could still do more. Oh, like, yeah. There are times when I'm like, OK, I want to do this every week. I want to do this, this, this. And I put all these expectations. And it's like, realistically, I would not be able to make that happen. Like, remember, I told you I wanted to record like two YouTube videos a week and then like have two podcasts go up and this and that. And it's yeah. just like when it comes down to it it's just, it's not, it's too much because yeah. I have so many different things. Like what is the on? actual cost of that? Yeah. Because you might be making more money, but like, what's the cost? Right. It's like your sanity, mm-hmm. like your happiness. That's not worth it. So it's just about the balance of like working hard, but not, I don't know, more of like work hard, play hard, still yeah. being able to do the things that you love and like having time for yourself and not being a literal psycho about work. Like I, am slash have been in the in the past like Mm -hmm. I think I am getting better because even we went to Montana for like a little family reunion and I didn't really have my phone most of the trip Mm -hmm. I was like wow this is really nice just really nice to disconnect and not worry about this um but part of the reason that I think I'm a workaholic is because I'm really unorganized as a person and so I always have things due or deadlines up that like I should have done before. Mm-hmm. So I think if I was more organized, maybe I wouldn't be so much of like, I would be more efficient than like working 24 seven because I forgot about this and I didn't do this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. So what is like the top three things you would say that help you go back and not be a workaholic and like kind of balance your life more between actual life and work? Really, the number one thing is, it's like cliche, but not going on social media or like ditching my phone for a little bit. That like at is, like certain times or just whenever you're feeling like it? Do you ever like whenever, set times to be off your phone? I don't like set times, but whenever I'm feeling just like so overwhelmed, if I just don't look at my phone for like two hours, 
I seriously feel so much better. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's hard because like, so I have a management team and they um, are based in Canada. And so they're three hours ahead. And so basically every morning I wake up to like texts because they're already, so they'll text me like 6am my time. Cause it's 9am when they're starting to get to work or whatever. Oh, yeah. So basically I wake up every morning and look at my phone and it's like, did you get this done? Did you do this? Like <gasps> this is due today. This is due tomorrow. So it's like instant stress, but mm-hmm. not nothing. <laughs> that's not their fault at all. You know, yeah. that's just my fault. That's for their like, job. And that's, your yeah, job. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's like kind of this instant stress thing where I'm just like, Oh, this day is going to be work, 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 work. Like mm-hmm. I have so much to get done. I have this and this. Um, but yeah, whenever I just need like a break and I'm feeling super overwhelmed, I just do not look at my phone for a few hours. And then usually I'm like, I can kind of come back to real life. Also just like going on dates, like going to a movie or mm-hmm. doing something that like, really there's nothing I can, there's no work that I can do. I mean, yeah. I guess I can be thinking about it, but just where I can like get out and also exercising is something yeah. that I, like feel like that is really one of the only times where I'm genuinely not thinking about work at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about the workout, which is so nice to be like present and not. Yeah. It's like meditating. Yeah. Like I feel like exercising is definitely a, a way that people like ground themselves and meditate because your mind just like switches off kind of. Yeah. Like you just go in literal like muscle memory mode. Yeah. Which I need to meditate too. But um, yeah. So I think those are kind of some things that help me like bring like bring me back. That's um, good. I that's one of the so I screenshotted for you. I'm <laughs> just kidding. But I screenshotted um six ways to not be a workaholic. Six ways to help you balance yeah. your life more between work and life. Um sweet. So Come let go me. of perfectionism. Mm. Um <laughs> yeah, that's one of my A problems. lot of overachievers develop perfectionistic tendencies at a young age um when demands on their time are limited to school hobbies and um, maybe an after-school job. It's easier to maintain that perfectionist, perfectionistic habit as a kid, but as you grow up, life gets more complicated. And as you like, it's saying like as you get more successful, as your family grows, like your responsibilities mushroom, and like it just it becomes out of reach. Yeah, definitely. So it's like you can't. Well, seriously, like I've even told Leif, it's like I I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's like I can't do it all. I mean, Leif and I run the business together, but creatively it's like I'm the one making more of the decisions that's just Mm -hmm. kind of how it is and we're definitely like partners in it but I tell him I'm like I can't like run a successful business but also keep the house spotless and cook dinner Mm -hmm. every night and do you know what I mean like I just can't do it all and maybe some people honestly like sometimes it seems like some people can I'm just shook I'm like how do they literally do do everything? everything which maybe that's just me seeing the best of them on social media or something but for me, I'm just like, I can't do it all. Like I can be, I mean, I can still be a good wife and also run a business for sure. I think that that's possible, but I'm just kind of a person that goes all in. So like, I'll go all in on our business. And this is another thing that um, the girl said in that book I was reading. She's like, like she has kids and stuff. And she was saying, I feel like when I go to work, I'm killing it. I know what I'm doing. I'm like a businesswoman. I can do this. When I get home, like raising kids is hard. And so I just want to work more because I'm like, that's what I'm good at. Like, that's where I feel feel comfortable. Like, I feel good. I feel accomplished. But when I'm like raising my kids and they're screaming and crying and this is happening, it's like I I feel defeated. So so that kind of almost made her, she said, like more of a workaholic because work is where she's like kind of just she feels like she's killing it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel the same in some regards. 
I have like built this thing and like I know what works and I feel like it's something I'm good at. And sometimes I'm not good at being a great wife. You know, there are times when I'm like, I haven't like spent time with Leif and like, I don't know, gone and picked him up a tree or like cooked him something. Mm -hmm. And so then it's almost wife guilt. I'm like, well, okay, now I feel like I'm a horrible wife. Mm -hmm. I'm going off on like the weirdest, most random. No, 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 it's good. I don't know. So I think, I don't remember what we were even talking about or why I said that, but. Oh, because we were just talking about perfectionistic. Like you can't, oh, yeah, it's yeah, out yeah. of reach when you get older. Yeah. So it's out of reach. Oh, and then I was going to say, and then also we get the dog. JC had a puppy for those of you who. Didn't hear. Didn't hear. Um, So now I'm trying to like make sure that she's. Getting trained. Yeah. Getting and- trained and is getting potty trained and whatever. And then I'm also running the business and I'm also trying to be a wife. Honestly, I cannot even imagine because I know once people have kids, they look back and they're like, how did I think I was busy before? Mm-hmm. You know, they have like four kids. And they're like, yeah, life is so crazy now. So I'm sure clearly it's only going to get more crazy as we have kids and stuff like that. But all I'm trying to say is that I am a perfectionist, which is kind of ties right into the whole workaholic thing. And like you said, it is kind of unattainable at times to like do it all. Like I want to be I've always wanted to be like the best at what I do. Not for like, I honestly, I don't even think it's for, oh, I want to be the best. No, it's like, I just want that satisfaction like for myself. Mm -hmm. Like I want to know that I worked hard to do really good at something. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Well, usually when you're like passionate about something, you really love something. Like I think a lot of people, they want to be the best at it no matter what it is. And so that's, I feel like when perfectionism like gets kind of caught up and it's like hard to forget about. Yeah. Um, okay, so number two, you already said this, but was unplug. So from telecommuting, telecommuting to programs, what that make work easier. Technology has helped our lives in many ways, but has also created expectations of constant accessibility. So like at all times, the workday never seems to end. It's true. That's like, true. I even feel like this. Like when I have clients who will message me at like weird times, I always think like I'm like my old fashioned that I don't want to message. At- no midnight but then other times things i'm like really caring about i'll message people back at like 11 p.m and i'm like what am i doing like, yeah no I should, this is like saturday night 11 p.m at night and i'm like messaging about something no it's important to like unplug and also really something that i try and do i'm not good at it but is set business hours even for mm-hmm. you you should do that if you guys don't know chelsea's a health coach and so people will message her and she like does consultations and calls and stuff. But, um, I think it's important, like, cause I get, obviously I get DMs at like all hours, like even cause people live on other side of the world. So they'll DM me and it'll be like midnight or something. Mm -hmm. And it's same thing. I'll sometimes reply and I'm like, what am I doing? I know I always reply. And I'm just like, it's not like I don't want to because I'm like, oh yeah. But I just like go right into it. And then later I'm like, it's literally Wednesday night at like 9 PM. Yeah. Like, like, no, it's not not time for work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if they message you, but you shouldn't feel like you have to mm-hmm. message back until a different time. Yeah. Like if sure. you worked at s- somewhere else, that was like an actual business that you go into or right. call to, it'd be like, they wouldn't even, they'd have a message machine. Right. And they wouldn't get back to you. Okay. And then the third exercise and meditate. Oh, nice. So you nailed it. Yeah. Um, we make time for crucial things in life. We eat, we go to the bathroom, we sleep. And yet one of our most crucial needs exercise is often the first thing to go when our calendars fill up. Exercise said that very fast. Oh, really? I turned into Ben Shapiro. Have you ever heard him? No. He talks literally so fast. I think he's like a really popular podcast, but he just speaks so fast. 
Sorry, let me slow it down. Uh, exercise is an effective stress reducer. It pumps feel-good endorphins through our body. It helps lift your mood and can even serve a one-two punch by also putting you in a meditative state, like we were talking about. Yeah. I noticed such a difference when I don't exercise. Like, for the last couple of months, I was just telling my husband, Nick, about this. I have noticed my, not my temper, like I throw temper tantrums, but, like, I have noticed my, like, stability in my mood is, like, so much more up and down and I haven't exercised in the last couple months. And I'm like, I genuinely, for the last three and a half years of my life, I've exercised every day except for the last three or four months. And I'm like, why have I been so moody lately? Why are my moods like up and down and I get really upset really fast and I'm like just all over the place. And I'm like, oh, I have not worked out. And then when I do, I feel it's good. It's crazy and how it much just, better you feel. Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. And the hard part too is it's so hard to get back into the swing of things mm-hmm. because I, when you're seeing results and when you're going every day, it's like, woohoo, I'm on like a roll. Mm-hmm. And then when you stop for it, it's because I'm the same way. I stopped for like three months and now I'm, it's, I dread it's it. Hard. But it is, once you go, you feel so much better. Mm-hmm. I feel like I heard this saying it takes five days to get in shape and two days to get out of shape. Awesome. <laughs> Seriously. Um, Okay, then the next one is limit time-wasting activities and people. Hmm. So drawing like firm boundaries of like things that just waste your time Yeah. when you could be like doing things you really care about, whether it is work or spending time with your family. Um, number five, change the structure of your life. Sometimes we fall into a rut and assume our habits are set in stone. Oh, by the way, this is from Forbes.com. Always reliable. Um, Take a bird's eye view of your life and ask yourself what changes could make life easier. Yeah. So I'm not even in the mic. I'm like (laughs) falling asleep. (laughs) No, that's that's a good thing. I feel like sometimes it is. You can teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. It's interesting to realize like, oh, I can change Mm -hmm. my habits because sometimes it does feel like, oh, it's just the way I am. You know, whatever it is. Things become so much easier. It sounds like it should be the opposite, but things become so much easier, so much more accomplishable when you take responsibility and be like, oh, I can't actually, it's my fault and I need to change it. It's like all of a sudden you don't feel as sad and like hopeless because it's like, oh, it's my fault so I can change it. Right. It's kind of empowering. control of my life. Yeah. Um, Then the last one is start small and build from there. We've all been there. Crash diets that fizzle out. New Year's resolutions we forget by February. It's the same with work-life balance when we take on too much too quickly. Many of his workaholic clients commit to drastic changes. Oh, they're talking about some guy. Um, Commit to drastic changes, cutting their hours from 80 to 40, bumping up their daily run from zero to five miles a day. And it's just a recipe for failure. And we've talked about this before. Like you have to start small and break it down into tiny steps. That you can accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. Not. That you can do. I think who is saying like the two minute rule? Is that Amber Fillerup? Maybe. Hmm. Someone's saying if you can't, if you aren't going to do it in the next two minutes, you're not going to do it at all. Yeah. So break it down into something that you will do right now and then just keep breaking it down and then eventually you'll get there. No. And I'm guilty of that too. I'll be like, Seriously, I will not work out for two months or three months. I'm like, okay, I'm going to work out five days a week for yeah. this, this, this. And I'm like, okay. I mean, that is doable. Like, I Mm-mm. could probably make that happen, but it might be better to just be like, okay, this week I'm going to try and do two times. I mean, whatever. I'm just saying, like, to break it down into, because you almost know this is the other thing. I think it's also in the book is like, your mind only knows what it knows (laughs) like the only information it has is like the things you've done in the past and the habits you've created so 
if like every time you've ever exercised, you stop within like on the second day, like you say, okay, I'm going to work out every day. And then you literally only work out once and just stop forever. Mm -hmm. Then like anytime you tell your body or mind that again, like, okay, now I'm going to do it. You're literally, your mind only knows like, oh, that's so crazy. That's a cool way to put it. Yeah. Like your mind only knows the information that you have like told it and that you have done. Yeah. So it's basically, it's almost like you're you're trying to trick yourself, but you can't trick yourself because mm-hmm. you actually know. Because sometimes I feel like that, like, okay, I'm going to do this. And it's like deep down, I you kind know. of know that I'm not yeah. going to do it. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm I just, I just like to say it, but I'm like, I kind of know that that's not going to happen, but I'm just going to say it anyway. No, that's the thing with a lot of like my health clients that I work with, the times that I see them like progressing the most at, at first, it's like we're we're talking about these little recommendations that seem so tiny. And it seems like, okay, no, duh. Like, I know I need to do that. But it'll be like so tiny, like plan this. And then the next thing's like, get this. Like, go to um, the gym and sign up. Like, where it's right. just the tiniest little things. But that's when we, like, I see them progressing the most is when we, like, break it down so tiny. And the next week, it's like, did you go sign up? They're like, yeah, and I did this. And it's like, you just keep working when it's like, okay, that's my goal. Are going working, one step at a time, yeah. like baby steps. No, I like that a lot. Okay. So let's jump back really fast to, um, like we're going to wrap this up, but I want to ask you a couple things about just your journey. Okay. Because we were actually talking about this. Um, a lot of people think that you just like blew up super fast and like all of a sudden you got really lucky and became this influencer overnight when in fact, like and you're, and you're so young. They're like, oh, you're like 23 and you've already accomplished. You're already making this much money. You're already this successful. But I think what people need to realize is you literally started when you were 14. Yeah. Starting on this. Like, like you didn't even know years. what it was. Yeah. So it's almost been 10 years. And so it's been in the process of becoming what you are now for like nine years. And so if someone's starting and figure like you were lucky enough to find what you want to do in life at that young age that's so rare and so if you're just finding out right now you're 25 and you're like oh my gosh I love yoga start now and like when you are 35 like maybe it'll be good maybe it will only take a year but it's like you have to realize that everybody's journey like we've said before is a different timeline everyone has their own journey so you just have to kind of go with yours I saw this one thing where it was like um Janet Jackson was getting a, I'm going to butcher this. It's probably not even right. But like Janet Jackson was getting a Grammy at the same time that Oprah was getting denied from her first job interview or something like that. Everyone's different. Like it just takes people different time. And like, don't compare. Don't be like, oh, I'm 23 and I'm not this successful whatever. Or I'm 18 and I don't know what I want to do with my life. It's like, you have so much time. I know, so much time. And these young girls will be like, I just want to travel the world. By no means am I shooting their dreams down because I think that that's awesome that they Mm -hmm. want to do that and stuff and they should go for it. But it is important to remember, yeah, this has taken me years and years to build. It's not, it wasn't overnight and there were failures along the way and, Mm -hmm. you know, lots of, lots and lots of work. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's important to remember that everyone has their own timeline and there's no need. It's like I said in one of the last episodes, like there's just no need to 
compare your journey to other people's because you'll always be disappointed with Mm -hmm. something like there's always going to be someone who's more successful than you yeah there's always going to be someone prettier than you someone funnier than you someone that's making more money than you someone that's happier yeah quote-unquote happier than yeah but actually i feel like happiness is the one thing that you can control yeah like you can no one can really be like by nature, maybe they're just like a happier, positive person. But like that is one thing that you have complete control over is like how you feel about your life. Yeah. You can make your own movie per se. Like you can put your own soundtrack. This might not make any sense, but when you're like scoring a movie, you know what scoring a movie is? Oh, mm-hmm. it's like when you put the music to the movie. Oh, Like okay. that's someone's job is to like make the sh- soundtrack. Yeah. You can have a scene and you can put like funny music to it and it makes it funny right and you can have the exact same scene and you can like put dramatic and it makes it dramatic and like so you pick the soundtrack to whatever situation yeah, you're situation in. you're in and it can completely change the mood of the entire thing yeah it's so true you have to choose wisely and just yeah. do your own thing and also one last thing don't follow the crowd yeah don't just post pictures that you think will get a lot of likes or that you think you think people will like you know like Mm -hmm. post pictures that you love or like create stuff that you love don't try and impress people because to be quite honest like the people that I am most impressed by are kind of the ones who are a little bit like out of the box where maybe not everyone thinks they're awesome thinks they're awesome or gets like their creativity but I'm like that person is a genius I love that whereas like the generic photos that I've seen a trillion times like just all the travel photos or whatever I mean they're great and everything but it's like just put your own special twist on things Mm -hmm. like and like I said I'm I'm talking about photography and influencing because that's what I know but really just in life in general it's like just anything just do your thing don't look to other people I mean it's good to get inspiration but I think that you should just stick with what feels good and like what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could. It's like that saying you could be the juiciest, ripest peach and there are still going to be people who don't like peaches. Yeah. And so, yeah, you just got to do what you love and who cares? Exactly. That's our uh, message for this podcast. Degaff. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously, though. Um. OK, let me ask you one question before okay. we go, because this is really dragging on. Yeah. <laughs> OK. What is something you think everyone should do at least once in their life? This is deep. Here's the thing. I'm so young, so I don't like, I feel like I haven't experienced life to the fullest degree, obviously yet. I think it's, this is so like cheesy, but I think it's like thinking of this dream that you've always had. Like it doesn't have to be huge and crazy, but like just really working towards like something something that you've dreamt of for like since you were a little kid or maybe it's recent like a more recent dream or goal but just like accomplishing something that you have dreamt wanted to that you've wanted to it doesn't matter like how big or small I mean I haven't done this yet so stay tuned but I've wanted to get in just really good shape like for myself forever Mm -hmm. seriously for like two years but I just like cannot bring myself to put in the work Mm -hmm. but I feel like I know at some point in my life I will do that because I just like have to because I'm like I have to know what it's like to be jacked yeah no just like be (laughs) really physically like fit Mm -hmm. and like I just really want to know I don't know let's do it you can literally do whatever you put your mind to so I think I mean some people don't believe that I remember I was watching one of H3H3's videos Mm -hmm. I just said that's so weird but um 
And he said something like, I hate the like follow your dreams crap. Like you can do whatever you set your mind to. Like, no, you can't. (laughs) And I was like, I kind of get what he's saying because sometimes when people are like, you can do whatever you want. It's like some people do have these crazy lofty goals and like realistically, they're probably not going to happen. But I do think if it's like something within your control, like I'm talking about, like I want to get fit. You have control over that. Oh yeah. You can do that. So maybe if your goal is literally like, I want to be whatever on a movie, it's like, maybe that's not going to happen. Who Mm -hmm. knows? Like maybe that's just not realistic, but I mean, I do believe that people can make a lot of things happen. You put it out in the universe. Yeah. But I just think like at one, at some point in everyone's life, I hope that they go after some sort of dream that they have and Mm -hmm. like actually accomplish Accomplish it. it. Yeah. Cause I think that is like literally the most empowering thing ever. And I have so much life to live and like so many things that I hope to do in the future and stuff, but I've already accomplished a few things that I never thought I would ever accomplish. And it just makes you so proud and like, so grateful. Mm -hmm. So Thank you to Jay-Z for Why are you laughing still? <laughs> I'm giggly. Neat. Um, both of us are hunchbacks. <laughs> I'm like literally not even reaching the mic. <laughs> we were both sitting like <laughs> so such bad posture. Um, anyways, so that's the end of today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for Sorry if that really drew her hag down. <laughs> ew, 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 ew. I'm deleting that. <laughs> I was like trying to drag it out. Yeah. Um, it's terrifying. So if you liked this episode or any other episodes, it's really awesome and helpful to us if you screenshot your phone. That you listening. Why are you laughing? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm scared. Just, I'm just giggly. I don't know why I'm so giggly. Uh, you like me. <laughs> <laughs> like I have a crush on you. Um, yeah. Screen. If you guys, you guys should hear me and JC on the phone like at night. It's really embarrassing. Next to our husbands, Nick saw me smiling at my phone the other day. Like when me and JC were texting, I was like laughing, and he's like, "I really wish you looked at your phone like that when I texted you." <laughs> I know. Leif goes. I'm uh, smiling. Leif goes. What did Chelsea say? <laughs> he knows. <laughs> like, we'll be on the phone at so late at night, and it's, like, just constant jokes and, like, giggling. Like, as soon as you call me, I'm giggling. Like, I'm like, <laughs> so bad. Um, anyways. Oh, gosh. So, you can find us at What We Said Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hello at What We Said Podcast is our email if you want to send us any topic suggestions, some stories, anything like that. People you want us to interview. Any ideas at all. We yeah. want to hear them. So is there anything else? Yeah, you already said screenshot and post on your Instagram story, but I think I, you got interrupted by me Googling. So, oh. but yeah, that's like seriously the, probably the best way to get the word out, out mm-hmm. about our podcast, which is amazing. And you guys have been so supportive and like helpful with that already. So um, yeah, no you guys pressure, are but- amazing. It's funny because we always talk about it, but then when we we have such spaces in between when, when we record record that we sometimes forget to say it like on the podcast, but we feel so undeserving yeah. of you guys being so supportive, so nice, always like wanting more from us. And it's honestly shocking that you guys want to listen to us still. Yeah. We're like, wait, they're not annoyed with us yet. Yay. Yeah. They'll be like, we just binge listened for like seven hours. I'm like, sorry, you listened to my voice for seven <laughs> hours. Congrats. No, really. It's, we love it and we're super grateful. So, um, I think that's going to be it. Thanks for listening to my story guys. And that's, that's what, what we said. said. Bye guys. Peace out. <laughs>